G'day legends and welcome to this episode of the Hey Big Mac podcast. We thank you for watching, listening, subscribing and viewing wherever you are getting these episodes. We hope everyone is having a crack a day while you're about to start listening to this episode. A couple of mentions from our sponsors, got to keep the lights running. Alrighty guys, we have a word from LJ Fab. Really thank him for being a massive sponsor of the podcast. If you are looking for a custom tray, canopy, dog box, under tray toolboxes, guards, anything like that for your 4x4, he does a lot. Uh, he's based in Chinchilla. He ships Australia-wide. Guys, he's been a massive supporter of the podcast, and we're a massive supporter of him. Go check him out over at LJ Fab. He is an absolute legend over there, family-run business. We can't thank him enough. All right, next up, legends, is Kaluan Mufflers. Guys, these are a new sponsor to the channel. Can't thank him enough for jumping on board and helping us out this year. They've just finished off the absolutely awesome job of my ute making the stacks work with the LJ Fab tray. Guys, if you're in the 4x4 market from a weekender to an extreme off-road enthusiast, these guys are the people to see for your exhaust systems. They specialize in custom 304 stainless steel and 409 bolt-on systems. They also do merchandise, pop into the store. Guys, you can find them on the socials everywhere, uh, the website, phone number, um, Search up Clue and Mufflers on Instagram, online, wherever you're going to find them. It is my 4x4. Now, this is like a resume for your own four-wheel drive rig, car, whatever it may be. You can keep a complete list of everything that's on your car, answer every question someone has about your car in one place. You add your parts, photos, record events, trips, time in the shed, everything. You create your own short URL to link to your build in your social bio. You can research what parts and mods other people with the same car are using and ask them any questions you have. Guys, I think this is a fabulous way to extend what people are doing in the industry and avoid those little nasty questions that everyone's always asking, what lift and tires are you running? This is an awesome thing I'm happy to be supporting this year on the podcast. So go check them out on my 4x4. You'll see the links in our social bios. We also have a word from Froth and Race Parts. Guys, Froth and Race Parts, it's myself and Andre. If you want to check out some off-road race parts for your rig, go check it out on the socials, Froth and Race Parts. And last but not least, guys, if you're not following on Spotify, subscribing on YouTube, please check it out. Um, Spotify, you just search up the Hey Big Mac podcast. Uh, anywhere else you're listening, it'll be the exact same name. On YouTube, guys, we have the Hey Big Mac podcast and Froth Bros Media. Please go over, give them a subscribe, you know, enjoy the content. The opportunity here, if you want to advertise your business or brand, reach out to the email, heybigmacpodcast at yahoo.com. Uh, that's where you can inquire about any of the sponsorship advertising on these episodes. Thank you, guys. We appreciate your support. Let's hear today's episode. Shake and bake. Alrighty, legends, listen up. We've got a few sponsors to kick off today's episode. First up, we have LJ Fab. Uh, if you're looking for a premium tray and quality service uh, in and around the Sunshine Coast, Chinchilla area where they're based all, all over Australia. You can get a custom train canopy made from LJ Fab starting June. He's taking orders. Shipping Australian-wide, amazing work, second to none. Make sure you get your hands on one. But if you're looking to get some perfect photography and videography work done of that tray, you can hit up our next person in Hamptons Media Services. Uh, Hamptons is ranging between... Uh, Gold Coast and Bundaberg, he's doing all sorts of professional videography, photography, um, any of your logos, animation design, make sure you go check him out. He's doing some unbelievable, incredible work. Alrighty, how's it going, legends? Um, episode two, I'm actually running a solo episode for this one. 
Um, just sort of get something in, run a bit of a hot topics and see if we can change things up a little bit and not always rely on a guest. So this episode, I sort of just want to jump in. I put up a few things on social media, just in the questions, asking for a few just hot topics, things going on, current things. So we'll get into that very shortly. But first, I want to say a massive thanks to everyone that just jumped on last week and listened, sent me a message, shared some stories. Guys, it, it works. This doesn't work without any of us. It's hugely appreciated. Everyone that sent me a message last week, give yourselves a pat on the back. That was bloody, the support meant a heap to me. So I'm bloody stoked to see where this goes. I want to just keep pushing it, stick it out and, you know, give you the, you know, a few of the boys out there, they're all sitting in machines and trucks and that and driving around all day. They want something to listen to them. If they're happy to listen to me, I want to, I want to give them content to do it. So, yeah. All right. So... The questions I threw out, I was just going to talk about hot topics, current topics, everything that's going on. Um, obviously, this at the time of this recording, it's coming up to Rocky Nats weekend. So I may or may not be going up there, but it's going to be a busy busy week for everyone that's heading up there. It sounds like it's going to be good. Um, so hopefully everyone has a good weekend up there, stays safe and does the right thing and, yeah, it doesn't cause any issues for it. So a few questions that i got here, like the biggest thing I've seen this week, or it might have been last weekend, up on Fraser or Gary or whatever you choose to call it, a girl getting bit by a dingo. Now, I didn't think I'd be talking about this on the podcast by myself, but yeah, a girl at Waddy Point, attacked by a dingo, got bitten. Not ideal, not what you want to see, but guys, we can't keep treating dingoes on Fraser like they're your pet dog. Look, I'm, I'm sitting here right here next to my little German Shepherd and well, he's not that little, but he, he can be a vicious dog if he's, if he doesn't know you, he can look aggressive, but he's tiny and cuddly. These dingoes aren't domesticated. They're wild animals that fight for their pack. So look, I'm not very knowledgeable. There's other people out there that are wildlife experts that know all about them, but guys, we can't keep leaving food out, baits, everything like that on the beaches and especially a tar with a kid, they're, they're a smaller target for a dingo. But I think we've just got to be – it's not the parents' fault, I don't think. Like, yeah, you can't just be always keeping your eye on a kid when you're sitting up at Waddy Point where it is and not expect a dingo to come through. But I think we've just got to be more aware of them and know that it's their place. It's the same as you go out for a swim in the ocean, you understand there's sharks out there. You've just, it's just a risk you take. I'm not saying every time you go into the ocean there's going to be a shark there, but there's a reason why there's flagged beaches so they can control that. And, yeah, I think it's it's very unfortunate to sort of see, but I guess that's sort of part of the risk. And you go onto this island where a lot of people do stuff around and do the wrong thing and, yeah, that's where it can sort of lead to, I suppose. If you're, everyone's feeding dingoes and leaving food out for them, they get complacent. Um. The other big one this week was I was talking to a few people about it. Cape York, they've actually handed back the tip to the um, national landowners or the original landowners, however you refer to everything. But um, sort of a few topics that come up and I'd like to maybe jump on with someone eventually and talk more in depth to it. Um, basically... 
look, it's a hard one because I don't know how it's going to be run. But if, I don't know, if they're going to make a walk to the tip, you've got to be with a ranger and like have a tour guide and all be like passes and everything. I think it's going to be, in my opinion, I think it's going to be very bad for the four-wheel drive industry. I don't exactly see it being a good thing. So I don't know. It, it could be something that we've got to bring up and, I don't know, get some more awareness around that, that I think tourism is going to suffer because I know myself, I'm not going to want to go up to the tip if I've got to wait an hour to get a car park, go with a tour guide that's going to be, all right, let's walk up to the tip, get your photo, all right, off we go. You want to sort of relax and enjoy your holiday. You, you spend weeks getting up there all for a five-minute trip to the tip. I think it's it's going to be different if we restrict it more and more and more, and I think it's going to push a lot of people away. But in saying that, I was talking to a bloke last night, uh, back to the bush, and he was saying if they do the passes, they want to be a part of organising it all, and I think it's he did make a good point. If they do a pass system, whether it's from the Jardine onwards, then it's it's probably going to eliminate a lot more of the rubbish, the people that don't really care about the area. It's it's going to sort of invite more people that just want to do good up there. And I can see that being a positive thing, but I can also see it being a, a very hard hit because there's some beautiful spots up there like um, Loyalty Beach, Punson Bay. Everyone wants to go up there and relax. So I don't know, I'd like to hear everyone's thoughts on what they think about it all being handed back again. There is goods, there is bads to it, but I think it's, yeah, like you look at what's happening down there, like Victoria and that and the high country, they're all locking up gates and everything's getting shut off no matter where you are actually. it's People are doing the wrong thing and Parks and Wildlife are just walking in, they're closing the gates and they're shutting it down and ultimately it just turns into that no one gets a shot at using it. And I think we've seen the same thing up Double Island with people going up there and rolling cars and doing all that it's it just ruins a beach like I'm I've gone up to Double Island maybe twice in the last year and I could happily say five years ago I was going up every second or third weekend because we enjoyed it and now it's no one enjoys going up there unless you're with your small group of mates that you can sort of get away and hopefully that everyone that you're with understands the rules so I don't know let us let us know your thoughts on what you think about the tip being, I know, restricted and having to have passes and a tour guide or a ranger to guide you up to the tip because I think it's, yeah, like I said, could be bad, could be good. Um, I see both sides of where they're going with it, but I don't know. If, if it's going to cost too much money and it's not going to be enjoyable, I don't see a lot of people going up past the ferry I see a lot of people going basically to the end of the telegraph track, doing your touristy spots there, turning around, heading to Weeper or back to the, you know, the coast where you got Cooktown and all like Lions Den and everything like that. There's, yeah, there's plenty to see up there, but I think it could be if it if the passes aren't vented properly, then we, yeah, there could be bigger issues at hand. Um. Uh, we got another question here, long-term versus short-term four-wheel drive trips and how to pack. Um, 
if you're doing a weekend a trip, pack as light as possible. Uh, it's up to you how you do pack, but you don't need 10 meals and all that sort of stuff because most of the time for a weekend trip, yeah, you end up at the pub on the way there or the way back or dinner here and someone else is doing a cook-up. Like organise your feeds with everyone. For your longer trips, you, you sort of want to be self-sufficient as much as you possibly can, but if if you're packing for a long term, have a freezer if possible so you can freeze everything down. I know when we went to Cape York last year, we were cooking up bulk foods every night and basically freeze them down, you put them in the oven or you heat them back up on the stove, whatever your terms of cooking are. And I don't know, it's it just makes it a little bit easier for not carrying as much bulky stuff um, and less, obviously carrying less meals there. Um, for like all your extras wise, if you're going out for a weekend, you don't need every single thing. I'm pretty bad for it sometimes, but like I went up, I can do a day trip up the beach and I can take my center console fridge full of stuff, maybe a couple of snacks and it might be a surfboard or wakeboard or whatever we're doing if we've got a jet ski and maybe a swag if we do an overnighter, but you don't need much. Some people even take eskies still, which is perfectly fine. It's a simple way to do it. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a hard one. Long-term for short-term packing. I mean, it defines a lot of how you're going long-term traveling. Is it, Are you talking long-term one to two weeks or are you talking a couple of months to a year? If you're going a couple of months to a year, I'd say you've probably got a good idea on what you're already doing and how you set up. Like just start with a weekend first and then go to a week. And then, you know, you'll, you'll, if you sit there and you get back and you go, all right, I'm not using this. I'm probably not going to use it, but it's handy. Don't take it. Um, if you are using it a lot, make sure it's in an easy access spot where you don't have to pull extra stuff out to get to it. Um, more things like that. Uh, run through, I've got other, other ones on here too, a few other questions. Twin snorkels and why they're pointless. Look, obviously they are pointless if, if you've got one Bluetooth snorkel and then one hooked up snorkel. Look, everyone's running their own race, everyone's doing their own thing. Um, I don't see the point in arguing if one's hooked up or not. Some people like myself, I like symmetrical on my car. I'm not running any aftermarket snorkels yet, but I know a lot of people, they love looking at their car and seeing it symmetrical and all the, like everything looking in line. And I can understand that a lot, but there's really no reason. Some people plumb them in and do a dual snorkel. I know there's kits out there for depending on the vehicle and yeah, look, they could be good if you're pushing the power or the need for it, but yeah, twin snorkels and why they're pointless, it's... Yeah, personal opinion. I let everyone run their own race. I'm building my car for myself. So is that person probably. So, yeah, let them do their thing. Um, another one, do you have to retune your truck if you put an aftermarket exhaust on it? Not for an exhaust, no. Um, you know, you retune your ute if you're chasing extra power, stuff like that. Um, I know in the Land Cruisers, if you, if you want to retune them, you have to do a clutch. Um, I don't even think most shops will tune them if you don't do a clutch now. Um, exhaust is just an extra add-on. If if you're doing a retune, you might as well just do your exhaust, your clutch, and 
maybe intake like a snorkel or anything like that. But honestly, it comes down to how much power you're chasing, what you actually want to do with the ute and, yeah, do you need it or not, I suppose. Um, oh, this is a good one. Nissans versus cruisers or Nissans all cruisers. Look, both are, both are great. Both do their job for whatever you choose to be doing. Um, I know a few boys that have some Nissan patrols and, mate, they'll outrun the cruiser every day of the week. And I know they'd sit there and turn around and say the same thing about the cruiser is, mate, they're not going to be towing big trailers and stuff all week or touring. They're, they're more four-wheel drive based. And I think if you're doing a lot of rock rolling, four-wheel driving, and that's all you want to do, go a patrol. They're definitely a lot cheaper than most of the cruisers at the moment as well, depending on what cruiser you're looking at. And yeah, I think there's a, when you say Nissans or cruisers, just sort of bringing up. Well, I mean, you got to look at it too. It's not Nissans versus Toyota; it's Nissan versus cruiser. So um, you're singling out a lot there. If you go Nissans versus Toyota, look, I'm a Toyota man. Stick with it. Stay with your Toyota, Land Cruiser, Hilux, whatever you've got. Uh, Nissans that look you got yeah, you obviously you've got your patrols, you've got now got your new wagons, the Y sixty twos, they sound great. But yeah, look, what's your what's your preference? What are you doing with it? Are you towing? Are you putting tools on the back? Are you throwing a canopy on? There's plenty of plenty of different options for both and I suppose what do you trust? What do you keep spares of? What are your mates driving? Sometimes if all the boys are running cruisers and they've all got spares for cruisers. If you've got a patrol, you're probably going to be the other one out, so you're going to carry a lot more spares on your own just for your own car. Um, doesn't mean you all have to run the same vehicle, but it does help. Um, and knowing how to work on your car and fix stuff too, that, that's always a bonus. Um, another good one, the whole coils over leaf debate, the pros and cons. Oh, I think anyone knows you could go on like for this over days. Um, same thing, comes back, what are you doing with the car? I think coils, I probably won't buy another 79 without coils again. They've just been so versatile in what you can do, like load it up, heaps of weight, go wheeling. I've never disconnected my sway bars in mine, so I don't really know how it goes like that in the J-Max kit. Um, but like you can run Leafs, in the J-Max kits and from the performance I've seen, they look unreal. They still perform great. I mean, you're obviously going to have your differences. I'm not sure if they run airbags in the leaf kits, but in the coil kits, they do. Um, I mean, it comes down to if you're running a very constant weight canopy all the time, you probably don't need to go to coils because you're going to have, if you set your leafs up right, you're going to have it set up insane i mean a perfect example is um ron kessel's troopy it's a full leaf all round troopy and that thing out flexes probably most coil converted rigs out there i know it's probably better than mine and the way the whole geometry of his suspension works it just you, you look at leaf a second time over in your opinion you might be saving a bit of money there and but You've got to make sure you know your weights, you're set up right and all that. And going back to coils, um, there's definitely plenty of coil setups out there. 
First, you've got J Max, who I'm I'm running their 3900 coil kit. Then you've obviously got the other outstanding ones, which are Superior. Um, I think it's J Race, and then you've got your mobs who are doing just yeah. I think it's like Ironhide Customs and all them that are doing coil kits as well. Comes down to how legal you want the kits, and I suppose sort of what you're using it for. You could be hard forward driving, you could be touring, you could be towing. For my kit with the JMAX kit, it's probably the best kit on the market. If you're relying on towing and traveling and touring, you'd be crazy not to. It's it's picking up all the factory locations. Mine's a bolting kit, couldn't be more happier with it. They do not move. There's yeah, I haven't actually haven't had an issue in the last two and a bit years of my JMAX kit. I've broken a sway bar link. It's just worn out the heim joints, but yeah. For that, the only thing to go wrong in a whole kit that you do spend 20 grand on, it's, yeah, I'd say that's a win. Um, can't speak on any of the other kits. The other kits out there, look, they've obviously done their work. They're putting in their, their R&Ds. But, yeah, what... If, if you're going to Superior and you're going, hey, I want to load this car up to four and a half ton, I want to be towing a caravan and I want to be traveling Australia, my opinion would be probably don't. But look at the boys that have got those coil kits and they're going out wheeling all the time and man, you'd be crazy not to. There's better travel there with the longer arms and all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, fr- from those two, they, they're probably a big lit industry leaders, you go into people like uh, J-Race and that, some of their kits, they've got long arms, they're, they're looking really good for a bit of both, um, getting into a little bit more towing and more forward driving. It's just, yeah, look, there's plenty of different options out there for everyone that suits every different person's need. Not everyone's going to want to go out and spend, you know, 20 grand, 50 grand on a chassis extension, a coil kit and all that where there's always someone out there who's going to spend, you know, you, you can spend sub 10 grand on a coil conversion if you really want to. And look, I'm not saying it's going to be a legal kit and it's not going to be done correctly, but you're going to get what you, you pay for at the end of the day. And look, some of those kits are still out there. They're performing well. I see them on boys use all the time. And look, they're a great bit of gear, but... Are you like I don't have to worry at all. Every day I go out on the road, people go, Oh, don't you worry about police? And they go, You got if you got a fully engineered car that's pre-registration approved, federally approved, you don't worry about it. It's and I suppose you pay that money for the peace of mind. If you're getting one of these, I don't know, I wouldn't call them a dodgy kit, but a submarket kit that's not federally approved, that hasn't gone through all the pacings and it's in your car, let's say it's cost you sub ten grand, look could be a great kit but if you get pulled over and the department of transport goes look this kit this kit isn't any good but pulling your car off the road you've essentially got a fifty hundred thousand dollar car that's now useless to you so it's always something to think about i guess and yeah see see what you're using it for if you're daily driving it i recommend spending the money get a good kit and i know for myself i'm towing a trailer and that for work when when i'm doing that and yeah the peace of mind having the airbags, knowing it's a good kit, set up well, pays off. So, And then you've always got the options of, you know, you've got 
all your 79s now are uh, coil front but leaf rear, you can go into your 88. Uh, Jeez, what did I say there? Uh, ARB and your TJMs. I'll just try to mix them both together at once. But you go into them, you get a GVM kit. It's probably going to cost you three, four grand. You still keep your leaf suspension. They're set up for your towing. You carry your extra weight because – and this probably goes for all cars too. Like you can go to your Hiluxes and your Rangers and your Navaras and you can get a GVM kit and pretty much all of them I'm sure. And look, it just depends what you want to do with the car really. Um are you going to be towing? Are you going to be four-wheel driving? Are you going to have just a tub set up? Are you going to have trailers? Are you going to be fluctuating? Yeah, just just see what works for yourself. Um, I know I've figured it out my setup now and, yeah, it works well. So um, we've got a few oh, – someone, someone commented in Morgan Wallen. Look, everyone went to the – about two, three weeks ago, everyone went to the Morgan Wallen concerts. Um, looked like a bloody awesome time spewing. I missed it, but I think I just about seen the whole Morgan Wallen concert on every single person's Snapchat story that went there. Um, if you went, you probably know you are, you've everyone filmed the whole bloody thing. So there was no shortage of seeing what it was, but geez, to be in the stadium is always a different feeling anyway. So that would have been, that would have been good as well. Um, I mean, what else can we ramble on at the moment about? Uh, I want to bring up maybe future future plans and trips this year. Maybe a bit more on what I might be doing myself and, yeah, go from there. Um, biggest plan for this year, I set a bucket list item last year and that was uh, Fink Desert Race. Always growing up racing bikes, I've, yeah, just sort of wanted to get out there and, yeah, watch the desert race. You, I'm sure everyone sort of jumped on and seen the movie that came out a few years back. I can't remember what it was called, but um, I think it was called Think There and Back. And it was an unreal like, documentary that a few blokes put together, um, maybe 2017, 2018, I think it might have been. And, yeah, I don't know, since then I've sort of gone, all right, I'm going to get out to Think one year and just watch it. I probably won't ever be riding it or racing it or whatnot, but... Yeah, I'm keen to head out to Fink this year with a heap of the crew and check it out and you know, just spend a week in the middle of Australia and watch some racing. Like, I think the week week prior to the race days, you've got prologues and pre-running and all that. So I think a lot of people are going to head out there and sort of do your stops and checks. Um, going to be a new experience for me. I've never been out there. I've only heard and watched about it. So, yeah, very excited for that. Um, if anyone's out there, make sure you come over, say, oh, I'll have the ute out there and yeah, be cruising around. I'm not sure exactly who I'm going out there with, but I'm, I know there's, like I was talking to a few boys, like you got Mick there to explore. I think Sam Oles was talking about going out. I know Patriot are obviously going to be out there racing. So you've always got your big names and then you've got obviously you've Toby Prices and that if they're racing or your motorbikes, quads, UTVs, trophy trucks. Yeah, you're going to have heaps of people out there and then you're just going to have your general people that are out, you know, cheering on the side. So, yeah, be interested to see if, you know, if anyone's heading out to Fink this year, flick some message and, yeah, try and organise a trip out there and, yeah, maybe do something in between, I don't know, the coast and Fink. Um, next, 
Uh, going back to probably at the start of the episode, the restrictions at the tip of Cape York. I want to get up Cape York again this year. Um, I didn't do uh, Old Coach Road last year. I sort of found about it mid-trip, so it wasn't in our plans. Um, obviously, you got to stop at the Lion's Den Hotel. That's always a must-do. Um, I'm missing a oh, – what's the track between Cairns and Cooktown? I've completely forgotten it now. It's mind blank. Um, it's at the very start of everyone's trip or the end of however way you do it. I'll remember it probably shortly. Um, yeah, I want to get up Cape and we got a little bit of bad weather last year and hopefully I can try and get through Frenchman's track this year. Um, that's definitely on the list to do the complete Frenchman's track, not pull out halfway. Last year when we went up, we actually got stuck at the Pasco River and we'll basically sit there in bit over neck deep water and going, oh, well, this you just wouldn't drive a four drive through there. But only a week later, the river dropped enough and we're getting videos of blokes walking through waist deep and we're just going, oh, well, it's just luck of the draw, I suppose. So getting lucky up there is a big thing. And, yeah, I regret not taking a boat or anything up, but definitely do a little bit more fishing if we get up that way. Um, Probably... Probably might head down Vic High Country this year, later towards the end of the year. Um, growing up down in New South Wales, you sort of you do get to go down to the high country and that, uh, whether you're snowboarding or yeah, skiing or full driving, riding bikes, all that. Um, been up there on a motorbike when I was a little fella, but never done it in a car. So one thing I definitely want to tick off is, yeah, you know, Get the get the ute down into the snow and have a bit of fun. So I might hit up a few boys when I'm down there and see if they can show me the local tracks around and yeah, see what the high country's got to offer. But leading off that, I'll I probably want to spend maybe a month or so down, you know, Victoria, New South Wales, and catch up with mates and friends, family, and do all that. And you know, if there's if you're listening to this and you're down that way and you you think you've got a good story to tell or there's something interesting going on, mate, flick us a message, jump on here with us and we'll have a chat and, you know, we might be able to go find some good tracks or something to do for the week and, yeah. Um, I mean, what else is there to sort of do down there? I'm not just – I've been down to New South Wales, Victoria probably the last 10 years, maybe four or five times and it's only like a week at a time if I'm lucky, so – yeah, um, I suppose we could talk a little bit about some current events and everything going on with, I mean, Rocky Nats this weekend. I know the boys are keen to get up there. One of the boys, Andre, he's just rebuilt or finished rebuilding his uh, GQ ute, the blue ute, piss bus. Um, I'm sure everyone knows who he is as well. We, buddy, we go back and forth all the time online. Uh, a few of the other boys are going to be up there. I'm, I'm sure if you name the person, they're going to have a U to car something up at that show. There's some of the videos I've seen already, just everyone getting the lineups and scrutineering and stuff. Huge, huge four-wheel drives, your low drift cars, your classic cars. I think it's going to be a good weekend. So um, I might sort of leave it there. And if I get up there this weekend, I might try and sit down with a few of the boys and, you know, we can talk about the weekend and do a weekend recap maybe next week. Uh, and fill you in on what's actually 
what's happened. So make sure everyone has a good weekend. It's actually it's Easter weekend. I had it. I forget about that. Easter weekend. So this probably will be out by the time you've listened to it. But obviously, I wonder who's going to forget their piss on Friday. Good Friday. Obviously, everyone does their own thing, but bottle O's aren't open. So get your piss on Thursday, which is actually today, the day I'm recording it. And yeah, make sure you're organized for a long weekend. Everyone stay safe out there. I know there's going to be a lot of roadworks and traffic and police and everything like that out there for the long weekend. Do the right thing. And yeah, hopefully when you're listening to this, you've had a good weekend. You haven't had anything break and stuff up and everyone's done the right thing. So look, I might, this might be just a shorter episode today. Um, first solo app, just sort of winging it, ask for a few questions on hot topics and yeah, um, look, we'll see how it turns out. Give us your feedback on how you thought of it. Um, as always, Guys, appreciate everyone listening. Uh, if if you can screenshot this episode, share it to your social media. Remember to tag us, Hey Big Mac, uh, the Hey Big Mac podcast, Hey Big Mac seventy nine, um, even Hey Big Mac four by four page. Um, look, we'll share it. We'll tag it to our stories. Uh, we appreciate everyone that listens to the podcast. Make sure you go check out the sponsor pages, uh, Hamptons Media Services and LJ Fab. Um, look, get yourself some video photography, um, photography, your animations, logos, go to Luke, uh, LJ fab, get a tray built, maybe some boxes some guards. You never know what you might need. Ladder racks. So make sure you hit up them, go give them a follow on the socials and yeah, that'll, um, that'll finish us off for today's episode. Um, yeah, look, not a big one. But it's something that I suppose we'll work on. We might have to look at getting a co-host on the show and, yeah, see where it ends up. So enjoy your long weekend, guys. Hopefully it was a good one. And we will see you on the next episode. Uh, Make sure you jump over. If you're on Spotify, like, follow, send us a message that you've watched it. Make sure you rate it five stars. Apple Podcasts are on there too. And also YouTube. Jump over, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a like and comment. Uh, It does not go unnoticed, guys. Every time someone does it, we'll get probably get a notification or we'll see it in a week's time. We go, oh, a few more people have noticed it. And look, the more love that you are helping us spread, the better. And we we do really appreciate it, guys. So thank you very much and enjoy. You see ya. Rightio legends, thank you for watching or listening this episode of the Hey Big Mac podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Um, look, it'd be a massive favor if you could go and leave us a um, thumbs up, a like, comment. Go follow us on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, wherever you listen to us. Um, rate us five stars. We really appreciate it, guys. Look, Last thing before we sign off, if you ever see us in public at an event, guys, make sure you come up and say good day. Most of the time we've got stickers or something with us. So we really appreciate it, guys. Thank you for supporting us with this journey of the podcast. Um, It's something new in the industry, but we really love doing it and we really love the feedback. So thank you, legends. And if there's someone you want to see on this podcast, make sure you send it to them and make sure you send them to us. Thank you for now. We'll see you next week.